amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga real quick that cowboy got All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jay Cat Morris. As always, uh got a big show lined up for you tonight. Um, any minute. Um, I guess for tonight will be Slack. And uh that's a dude I'm really excited to talk to, man. He's he's really tearing it up right now. I think you're gonna hear a lot about this guy for the next uh or as long as he's got left, to be honest with you, because he's making an immediate huge impact on the deathmatch scene. And uh you know, I, I just got a ton to ask that guy, so uh should be really, really exciting. Um, I skipped last week's show. Um, for those of you who might not have heard, if you go check out last week's um, The Hot Tag Podcast, I was over there doing my thing on there with them. And 
you know, it was a good time. It's always a good time talking to those dudes. So, uh, you know, check out the Hot Tag podcast. I think they're doing their thing tonight. I think Shane's sick or something. So, But I think he's still doing his thing. So, yeah, without uh, further ado, welcome to the show, Slack. Hello, good sir. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, How you doing? All right, I just uh, crawled in from uh, work here. I was hard at my fucking neighbor because he didn't move. He's like installing this lamp outside of the house, and uh, because yeah. some junkies been like leaving syringes and shit because it was so dark in front uh, okay. of like our a couple houses on our block, and he uh, there was a bunch of shit out there. He's installing a lamp, and the junkies were like shooting up out front and shit. But hopefully, he's taking care of that. Yeah. Never mind that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All good, man. So, yeah, I got a ton to ask you. Let's just go way back. Um, what's your earliest memories of wrestling? Earliest memories of wrestling? Yeah. Oh, man, dude. I mean, I uh, when I was a kid, Saturday morning, WWF, dude, you know, watching the fucking Ultimate Warrior and Big John Studd and shit like that. Uh, my dad was in jail <laughs> most of my uh, youth. So uh, mm-hmm. my ex-girlfriend, it's, it's funny, my ex-girlfriend used to tell me, she's like, you are the way you are because Hulk Hogan is your father because you watched How to Be a Man by watching wrestling too much when you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably the <clears throat> earliest shit I can remember. Yeah. Who were your favorite guys as a kid? I mean, dude, once Ultimate Warrior, how could you not love that guy? I mean, terrible worker, Absolutely. but... <laughs> The dude was jacked out Intense, of his mind. And, yeah, 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 of course. I always liked, uh, I mean, Macho Man was the shit, dude. I liked, uh, Big John Studd was great. I liked, uh, Jake the Snake was awesome because he was the only dude that was really quiet and serene, and everyone else is screaming at the top of their lungs. So I kind of like that. Yeah. Even though I'm the total opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were there any matches that, like, stood out to you that, you know, really drew you in as far as, you know, watching wrestling, you saw, like, a certain match that really just, you know, hooked you? And, uh, Superfly jumping off the cage, dude. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I always liked that um, dog collar match with fucking Valentine and Piper. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's going a little out of, you know, I'm talking when when I'm talking WWF, I'm talking when I was real little. And obviously, the older I got, I started, you know, getting into fucking NWA and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> That's probably the stuff I remember the most. Oh. What I point mean, did you decide, like, you know, you you wanted to get into it? I mean, I've loved wrestling, like I said, since I was a kid, man. And, I mean, I wanted to start earlier, but I was tattooing at a young age. So that took up time, mm-hmm. and I've been in bands since I was a kid, man, and touring all over the place and shit. That took up a lot of time, and then I started that band, Eat the Turnbuckle, with a, my buddy Jay, and that was, yeah. I mean, like, I, I fucking like wrestling so much, I started a band about wrestling, you know what I mean? And so <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to do it, I just I just never really had the fucking time. And I finally, you know, getting up there in age, and I'm like, dude, if I don't, like, get legitimate training and throw my fucking hat into the... uh you know, the, the the pond there, the wrestling pond, I'm going to fucking hate myself for the rest of my life. So, mm-hmm. you know, here we are now, dude. 
Yeah. What uh, what got you into death matches? Obviously, you know, you've, you've headed down that road, but, you know, we talked about the early stuff. You like the Macho Mans and the Warriors. What what hooked you into the death match scene? I mean, that's the shit that threw me in. You know, I, mean, I, I, uh, I caught on to CZW and ECW really early, man. My I the Mummer's Parade, I'm sure you know what that is. I had mm-hmm. um, a couple relatives in the South Philly Vikings that used to like practice the fucking mummer shit at Viking Hall. And um <clears throat> so you know, that was that Viking Hall, the arena where C D W and E C W was, so I caught on to that shit really early in its existence. And, you know, blood and guts, man, I've been in punk bands and I'm a huge fan of like anti scene and VG Allen and shit. And you know, combine my two favorite fucking things. So, wrestling and music, and you know, like I said, here we are. Yeah. But I yeah. put on You're this a big shit dude, early, man. You... And... Go ahead. Oh no, I'm just saying I caught on to that shit really early, dude. In in like yeah. ECW's existence and shit, so I consider myself pretty lucky being from this area. Yeah. Um, you're a big dude. Do you have any like athletic background or you know? You know what? What led you down the path to you know get built up? Uh, I uh, used to wrestle in school. You know the, the amount okay. of school that I actually went to. <laughs> uh, yeah. I played a little football, dude. I played baseball. I was always pretty uh, rough and tumble kid. I boxed for like five years when I was a kid. You know, okay. Always, always try and stay in some sort of shape, and you know now wrestling, I try and fucking turn it into you know overkill now. Now it's time to get yeah. as big and retarded as possible. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's your training regimen like? Because, I mean, I know you training got a lot regiment? on your plate as far as, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, good wrestle, I try to go wrestling training once a week. Now I'm wrestling Saturday and Friday usually every week, maybe every other week. And uh, weightlifting, dude, I, I'm like five days a week. You know, uh, luckily mm-hmm. there's a gym in the in the basement of the tattoo shop I work at. So when I'm done oh, okay. tattooing, I uh, I slither down there and work out for like an hour and a half. And then, dude, I think the hardest part is eating. Never mind the fucking workout. The eating is the hardest part, man. To get big, you gotta eat big, dude. That's, yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, that's that's a, the best advice I give you. But but I work out like five days a week. You know. Yeah, I, I, around you know, drinking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I trained hard too, and I—I I mean, I—I've read up on all sorts of different regiments and stuff. And yeah, the the seven meals a day, I just—I just can't get it done. So I'm gonna be in the best shape I can be in. But uh, fuck, man, <laughs> those meals are hard but to luckily, get in there. Luckily, dude, uh, that I grew up with this guy Terry. I basically cut my teeth with this guy. He was—he was like ten years older than me, and he used to hang around with the guy I learned how to tattoo with. And uh, mm-hmm. he was a professional bodybuilder so when I was younger. So he, like, anytime I have any advice, I'm like, I need any advice. I'm like, yo, Tara, tell me exactly what I got to do. He's like, you need to, you know, specifically fucking work these body parts this day. You need to push yourself this much harder. You need to do, stay in the 12 rep range. You know what I mean? And you need to, yeah. go, to go to fail on the 12 rep range. You know, like I said, he gives me tons of pointers. I'm lucky in that instance that I have a little guidance. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, I know you did a bunch of different other stuff with the band and, you know, deathmatch stuff, but um, when you actually got into wrestling training, you know, how big of a shock was it to you? Did, was it an easy transition? Well, you know, Eat the Turnbuckle Band, that went, you know, like seven years, maybe a little more than seven years, I don't know. Uh, and, man, we were going on tour for like a month and a half at a time, dude, and we were, you know, I'm fucking bleeding and beating the shit out of myself every day for like a month and a half. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so as for deathmatch shit, you know, it's like there's nothing you could really throw at me that I haven't really done already. You know, uh, mm-hmm. but, but, so, but I mean, honestly, I think regular wrestling fucks you up more than the deathmatch shit. I mean, taking them huge bumps, dude, that shaves time off your life, man. And that's the shit yeah. that I could see, you know, and learn how to work properly and not get gassed the fuck out. You know, that's obviously hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how did you how did you come up with the Eat the Turnbuckle, um, you know, band as overall as a, as a, you know, as a gimmick, as a just the way you were going to do it with the wrestling and the, you know, the music all blended together? Well, a couple of guys in Eat the Turnbuckle have been professionally trained wrestling and a couple dudes actually used to work. Uh so, you know, we had that going for us, but basically, uh, I mean, I've always been in bands where I'm, like, punk bands, like, where I'm fucking cutting my head and punching the fucking crowd and shit, you know, like, G.G. Allen, Scumrock shit, and uh, mm-hmm. I had a friend, Jay, in this band, Baylock 13, and I was in a band called Call the Paramedics, and we always wanted to join the band together, and Baylock does the same kind of shit, so we always wanted to start a band, and Basically, we're like, we're huge wrestling fans because he's out of Philly. I'm out of Atlantic City, Jersey. Well, I used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're like, dude, let's do something about wrestling, but not corny, like Hulkamania. That's like a song title. You know, let's do it about awesome shit, dude, like the Muda scale and stuff like that, like underground cult wrestling that, you know, we'll, you know, the shit we like. I don't care if no one else right. likes as long as we like it. But, uh, you know, and then because we like, like, G.G. Allen and Anti-Scene and all that shit. Like, you do, let's do deathmatch shit with it, dude, and let's fucking get every crazy guy in the area that's done vocals or played in the band that's bled, that bled at one time, and let's get everyone in the same fucking band and just make it total fucking chaos. So, you know, it's kind of like the planets align, dude. Uh, you know, that couldn't, it's legitimized because it's from Philadelphia, you know, from like the birthplace of fucking hardcore and ultraviolet wrestling in the United States. And yeah. this happens to be a huge abundance of fucking, like, dirty punk rock bands in this area in the Northeast. So we got all the crazy lunatics and put everyone in one fucking band. And there you go. Now you got to eat the turnbuckle. It did pretty good, yeah. man. You know, we got all got all over the place. Got to Europe a few times. Yeah, obviously now, it's uh, uh, George Animal Steel influence name. Uh, 100%, dude. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people haven't even picked up on that until he died. I made a post about it, and I was like, you know, unknown fact, uh, little known fact. Eat the turnbuckle was named after George Animal Steel. Oh, oh, good call on that. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um, so you know, touring with with those guys, um, a couple different you know curiosities I have is well. First off, how did venues accept what you guys were doing as far as, you know, bringing in, you know, bleeding and the violence and all of that? How how difficult was it to hold down venues? Well, uh, you know, that was a dive in at first, you know what I mean? And 
try not to tell yeah. them anything and just let it happen. You know, but <laughs> kind of one and done, you, like, one and done venues. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we just figured out which venues were, you know, well, we, all the bands that we were in before was always like fucking the crowd up and breaking shit in the venue. And that got us nowhere before in our other bands. So we were like, what could we do to still be able to play and still act like a fucking maniac, but still be able to be asked back to the venues? So we're like, oh, the rest mm-hmm. of them, you know, that's a great idea. We'll put it in there. And we'll only fuck ourselves up and we'll destroy the venue and not destroy the people so they won't be afraid and run the fuck away. So we'll stay there and watch, but we can still act like maniacs and make sure we clean yeah. up when we're done, you know, be nice and cordial. So, you know, we trial and error, you know, go through venue after venue, and we eventually left out a real nice route, all of what venues would tolerate it and what venues wouldn't. We would go back to the venues that would tolerate it. I mean, people would come from all over to see that shit. You know, it's, even if you don't like the music, just the pure violence factor would attract people and come and watch it. <laughs> Yeah. So now, I I know a lot of wrestlers took a liking to you know what you were doing and stuff and you know kind of you know jumped on and became part of you know what you were doing. Was was there any like kickback or heat of any wrestlers you know that you were infringing on you know what they do or anything like that? No, nah, man. We actually try to keep it as honorable as possible. I mean, our goal from the beginning was to make sure we didn't shit on the business and we didn't you know offend any wrestlers like do the. We were in Germany. Take, for instance, last uh, tour we were on in Europe. We were in Germany, and I, w- I wanted to do the skewer thing. So I hit up fucking Masada, and I was like, yo, dude, would you mind if we do the skewer thing on stage, blah, blah, blah? And he's like, yeah, go for it, dude, blah, blah, blah. Just give me a shout-out. You know, so we, the, our intention from the get-go was to make sure all the fucking indie guys accepted it. You know what I mean? Because if they didn't accept it, what yeah. the fuck good was it? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. So, um, you know, did that help get you in? You know, when you decided you're going to transition to full full blown wrestling, did that help transition you in because you're already good with a bunch of guys? Yeah, definitely, it, it helped a lot. I mean, we built up a pretty good repertoire with, you know, indie indie guys. I mean, we were running around the United States for a while, and people were catching on. You know, I met like the uh, <coughs> tons of dudes. You know, all over the country, they would actually come out during the shows and see what the fucking hoopla was about it, and uh, actually join in the shows sometimes. Like we did shit with Necro Butcher, we did shit with fucking Balls Mahoney. You know, we would see oh, indie wow. guys come out. Matt Cross came out. You know, it was cool, man. They're like, and, yeah. and that building up a repertoire with those guys and keeping it legit and not making it corny. You know, kept them dudes interested and. You know, when it was time to transition, it's like, yo, guys, I think I'm fucking going to do this shit, blah, 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 blah. Everyone, you know, was like, dude, go for it. And everyone helped me out a lot. I, you know, I, tons of guys asked for pointers and shit like that. And, you know, I can't ask for any more. Everyone's been extremely gracious. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you got into training with CZW and everything and uh, formed the tag team uh, with Dan O'Hare's Storm of Entrails. Um, you know, how did that all come about? Oh, well, that's uh, Dan. I know Dan from uh, – he was in a band called Total Fucking Destruction and Brutal Truth. Mm-hmm. And I, So I know Dan from playing music uh, years before wrestling. 
even before I knew. Um, so, you know, what's your thoughts on, you know, you know, tag team wrestling versus singles? You know, what do you prefer? I mean, it's fun to work with my friend. And, you know, Dan's got like mine like me. He likes beating the shit out of fucking people. And tag's mm-hmm. fun, you know, I, but I like crazy fucking deathmatch shit. It's it's all cool, man. I like all the shit, dude. As long as I get to get in the ring and slap people the fuck around, dude, it's, I'll be more than happy to do it. Yeah. Uh, your promos are crazy. Um, some, yeah, there's obviously a lot of comedy influence in that as well as, you know, just intensity and, um, what kind of comedy influence do you have like on your promos? Man, uh, gotta keep it funny, man. Everything's gotta be lighthearted, dude. I can't stand people that are fucking serious all the time. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I never liked anything that was too fucking serious. And honestly, the, uh, who who doesn't think the guy that's crazy that's laughing at fucking violence? How do you not think that's crazy? That's way more crazy than someone being serious about fucking violence. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's any real influence in, you know, the comedy. Uh, maybe, I don't know, uh, car wrecks and home invasions and the Zodiac Killer <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's my influences. <laughs> right. Um now, you know, tattoo-wise, you, you know, you got a lot of tats, and you do tats and everything. What was your first tattoo that you got? First tattoo that I got, uh, I got this death's head rose with a skull coming out of it on my fucking arm in my buddy's garage at, like, 16 years old. That's been covered up, like, four times now, so that's long <laughs> gone. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite tattoo out of everything you got? Man, it's just one big one now. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I guess the kill on my throat, I got that when I was like 20 years old. That's probably the smartest and the dumbest thing I ever did in my life at the same time. Yeah. Now, the the face tattoo, obviously, that that gets a lot of attention I mean, and everything. I guess that one rules, too. I wasn't even thinking about that one. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, you know, what, um, you know, what were you thinking, you know, going into that? What was the, the process of that? You figured you just had everywhere well, else? I guess or, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't really thinking, was I? <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, uh, I don't know. It, it's a fucking chaos wheel, dude. And, you know, everyone that I talk to says I'm erratic and fucking, <laughs> I guess, loud and brash. And that's what chaos All is, right. right? I guess it kind of fits. I mean, I don't see it, but I'm not the one talking to me. <laughs> So, right. you know, I, and it's like Viking shit, dude, and I like Viking stuff, and, you know, looks good on my face, yeah. good position. <laughs> yeah. What's the craziest oh, comment left, really. you've gotten for the, the face tattoo, or do people just wait till you leave to comment? Uh, yeah, no one really, uh, I mean, everyone, you know, oh, that's awesome, oh, that's awesome, but, you know, I'm really mm-hmm. not trying not to go out in the general public, really, man. It's like, general public weirds me out, dude. Like, doing normal shit makes me uneasy. I grew up in a tattoo <laughs> yeah. shop, man. So, you know, it's like sailors, you know, but when I go to, like, Walmart, I get all weird the fuck out. You know, like, going <laughs> yeah. to the store is, is a project. As my buddy uh, Hook would say, uh, he's like, I tend to break out in cuffs when I leave my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I only feel uh, comfortable in dimly lit bars or alleyways. So, you know. 
and most people don't comment on face tattoos in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's the first tattoo you actually did? First tattoo I did. Oh, Jesus, man. <laughs> I've been hitting that way too many times to remember something like that. Uh, <laughs> go with uh, maybe a name on one of my friends that is completely scarred the fuck up all over the place. You know, I was like 16 mm-hmm. years old when my mom got me a fucking tattoo machine. So, you know, I didn't really learn how to tattoo properly till I was like 20 or 21, something like that. I got an apprenticeship around that time. So I was, I don't even know if you can consider them tattoos at 16 years old, but my first attempt, right. I think it was like a name on my buddy, Mike. I don't know. Oh, okay. But that, mem- um, that uh, memory has been beat out of my head. <laughs> you know, doing tats, you must hear all sorts of crazy ideas. What's the craziest idea someone's come to you to do for a tattoo, whether you did it or you didn't? Man, I, uh, I don't even ask anymore, man. I've been tattooing so long. I've seen it all, dude. I, you know, it, it, I just look at it as lines and solid color and shading. Cause man, dude, I've tattooed like five assholes in my life. Like not, dickhead people, like literally five girls assholes. You know, <laughs> I, 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 so it's like, what do you consider crazy? You know what I mean? To me, yeah. I think, uh, you know, a little daisy on the ankle, that's fucking crazy to me. But, you know, a toilet with shit blowing out of it, tattooed on your arm, I'm like, oh, I think that's pretty cool. So it's a matter of perspective, really, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. Um how do you balance it all? Because obviously, you know, you got the music going, you got the tats, you got the wrestling, you got to train. How, how do you balance all of those things? Uh, extremely poorly. <laughs> uh, uh, how do I balance? I, dude, you know, luckily, tattooing, you know, I go by appointment, man, because I've been tattooing a while, and I got a pretty set clientele, music, tattooing people through music and shit. That really helped me be a, an appointment tattooer. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I really, I, I like weave everything around, you know, most people have to weave like wrestling or whatever the fuck else you do, playing a band. Most people got to weave that shit around their job hours, but I don't have job mm-hmm. hours. So I have, you know, I make my own hours. So I actually weave my work schedule around all the other bullshit I do in life. So that really, you know, gives me the freedom to do a bunch of extracurricular shit. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. pretty lucky in that, that instance. But the, the only problem with that is, is I fucking work overload myself and I never have a fucking goddamn minute to rest. It's like every day I'm doing something. But sleep when you're dead, right? Yeah. You know, you're doing so well with the band and everything. Does that take like a, a financial hit on you when you cross over to wrestling? Because obviously there's a building process as opposed to, I mean, you're full blown when you're doing with the band. Uh yeah, I mean, it all takes a fucking financial hit on me. <laughs> you know, the more I do all that shit, the less I fucking work. I, mm-hmm. I don't I'm not really a money person, dude. I really you know, money's like come and go to me. I get paid every day. You know what I mean? I don't get paid at the end of the week. I get paid after I do a tattoo. So if I go to work and my appointment and my point cancels, I don't make money that fucking day. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. money's so like come and go with me. I really have never been a fucking money person, man. You know, I, I just one day at a time, bro. Just trying yeah, to stay alive. Yeah. Dude. And I'm not doing yeah. as great as that. 
December, you got to wrestle Nat Tremont. It was obviously, you know, one of the biggest names in deathmatch wrestling. You know, to break onto the scene almost immediately wrestle a guy like Matt Tremont. What was your thoughts on that? Uh, fucking awesome, man. You know, I tried and light him on fire. <laughs> uh, you know, Matt's a fucking awesome dude, awesome wrestler. Glad he gave me the opportunity. Um, I'd like a fucking second go at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Fucking anything else. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'm extremely lucky, I guess, that I'm getting a lot of pushes from a lot of different people, from a lot of different companies. Yeah. I, I must be doing something right. I don't know. But, uh, Glad I'm getting the sure. opportunity, and anyone you put in fucking front of me, I'm willing to wrestle, so keep it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you went down to IWA Mid-South, which obviously, you know, is notorious for their reputation for death matches. Ian obviously has some some bad notorious, you know, um, reputation as well. I like Ian a lot, but obviously he's had his ups and downs with people. Um, what was your thoughts on going in there, working for Ian? You killed it against Michael Kruger. Um, what was your thoughts going down there? I mean, dude, I, uh, you know, was saying already that I'm big into, like, underground fucking cult-type shit, and I feel like IWA is, like, underground cult deathmatch wrestling, you know what I mean? So that's, it was fucking awesome. That's, like, one of the goals of mine, wrestle for fucking Ian and IWA. And it was awesome that I got put on that show, Kings of the Crimson Mask, with all those deathmatches. So they put me in the ring with that Michael Kruger dude, and, you know, he did good, but I just had to make a fucking example because that's my goddamn shot there, and, you know, I think I did a good job trying to dispose of the guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ian, he was, was awesome. You know, he, I heard all the fucking bullshit stories, but, you know, there's plenty of bullshit stories about everybody, and I don't mm-hmm. make judgments until I fucking talk to someone face-to-face, and Ian was just to me, I'll, I'll be glad to put that guy over. Along yeah. with the whole locker room, IWA was awesome. Yeah. Uh, now, um, he was handing out left and right, he was handing out invitations to King of the Death Match. Is that something that, you know, is possible on the horizon for you this year? Or, or... Well, <laughs> man, I've been getting walloped with this question and this topic a whole lot this year. Well, of course I want to do fucking King of the Death Match. You know, I one million percent want to do it. I've actually been asked right. to do quite a few tournaments this year that I mm-hmm. unfortunately cannot do because I uh, asked DJ, you know, yo dude, can you put me in fucking tournament of death this year? And he uh, had the face and put me in without, you know, with my minimal experience. And uh, I promised him that I would make COD, the first fucking tournament I wrestled in, and make it big. So I had to unfortunately turn down a lot of shit because it's before Tournament Death this year. But of course, I would love to wrestle fucking King of the Death match. But I also am a man of my word. I don't have much, but I got my word and I won't break it. Right. So hopefully it's a matter next year, wanted... I would love to do that. So it's a matter you just want to make TOD your first your first shot. Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, he, I, DJ gave me the break, and DJ gave me the fucking opportunity, and I will fulfill my word, and I will uh, try and fucking kill someone in TOD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
So GCW, uh, you went up against Marcus Crane. Insane match. Um, I mean, that, that match could have main evented any card. Um, you know, they stacked their match, their cards with such death matches and everything. It, it's got to be impossible to follow what you guys did out there. Um, what was your thoughts on that match, Marcus Crane, and everything? I, uh, I, I'm a fan of GCW. I like what they're doing. They got an awesome locker room. I would uh, like to see more death matches in CZW, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. you know, I, that's not the case at the moment. But you know, DJ's doing his thing. Uh, I like who the people are getting at GCW, and I uh, got to work Marcus. Marcus is a fucking lunatic, and uh, he's a tough motherfucker. And uh, you know, we gave it hell. We fucking you know drove it till the fucking wheels came off. I'm glad that it got a good response, and I'd love to fucking wrestle Marcus again because uh, he can take a beating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, um, yeah. Obviously, they're um, you know, talking to TOS, and you know, we go back to kind of the same point as you were just making with King of the Death that um, you know, TOD is your focus and everything. But beyond that, GCW and CZW have some some bitterness between them, and it seems to be turning up quite a bit. Um, how does that weigh on you as a guy who is a, a CZW guy? Well, you know, I, I got <laughs> a man of my words. So if I promise somebody something, you know, I'm going to 100% back it, you know, who, no matter who it is. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, leave me the fuck out of the petty bullshit. You know, I'm uh, not a spring chicken. Uh if you put someone in front of my fucking way that I want to wrestle that I think is worth it, I'll take the fucking, you know, I'll, I'll take the match, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but that's all I really could say about that, dude. You know, I, I it's yeah. petty in the fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? And I don't right. want to hear any of that bullshit. The only thing I'm concerned about is who the fuck I'm wrestling on what fucking card. And if you're putting a good right. match in front of me, Obviously, I'm going to take it because it's going to fucking further my career. I mean, I'm going to go 110 miles an hour into the fucking brick wall. And, you know, I don't know how long I could do that possibly, but I'm not going to shortchange right. any match. So, how I, you know, I, only have, point? I cannot reveal such information at this time. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say I'm not young, dude. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. So, so All right. I, I, got a, I got a small window of opportunity, dude. And... I'm going to fucking, like I said, I'm going to drive until the fucking wheels come off. And I, I got no time for fucking petty bullshit. I got to uh, think about number one sometimes. But mm-hmm. my allegiance is obviously the fucking CCW. DJ was the one who put his face into me. So, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a man of my word. Sure. Um, you wrestled VOW versus Connor Claxton, gusset plates match. You had giant holes in your knee, bleeding through towels and everything else. You know, what was your thoughts on that? And <laughs> uh, uh, well, the whole deal. I, don't know, I, I fell like uh, knee first or something like that. I don't know. A chair hit the fucking gusset plate in my kneecap. And, dude, I, I didn't even realize it was, like, bleeding really because I had my knee pads on. And I didn't take my knee pads off for a while. And then all of a sudden, the fucking blood, like, an hour later after we're done wrestling, the blood sort of running down my leg because the fucking sponge padding in the fucking knee pad, like, got completely engorged, and it just started running out. And I was like, what the fuck? 
so I'm like banded up and you know trying to get it to stop bleeding. The fucking it's like a puncture hole, man, and wouldn't stop bleeding. I tried to like wrap electrical tape around my fucking knee, and then my foot went numb and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? I shit. finally got home and it was like nine in the morning still from the drive home from West Virginia. I'm in the fucking like tub. And I'm, like, trying to stop the fucking bleeding. It's, like, seven hours fucking later. And finally, uh, I couldn't get any super glue. None of, and I didn't feel like fucking... I couldn't run to the store because I'm fucking pouring blood. My roommate was home. <laughs> so I just... I got yeah. the fishing line, and I sewed a couple fucking sutures in it, and I just wrapped electrical tape around it. And luckily, it, it stopped. You know, uh... But next time, I'll burn the fucking thing. I, was, I didn't even care if I fucking bled to that, dude. I just was... Tired of cleaning up the fucking blood all over the place. That's what was really bothering me. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, that that was pretty intense, man. I, that cut. Was that the worst cut you've gotten thus far? I mean, you've, you've been doing all sorts of crazy shit, but. I mean, I, I mean, I, I get it. Just wouldn't stop bleeding. It's like a puncture hole. I mean, I've been. I'm like covered in fucking scars, man. Uh, I mean, nah. it's the most recent thing that's fucked up. I mean, I have all my toes are broken. I've actually had my toes, three, three of my toes cut off on my fucking left foot. Fuck. <laughs> so, I mean, you I mean that, that? That, wasn't in, that, that wasn't in wrestling, but when, when I was younger, uh, there was a mirror on the fucking like, all my shit was in the attic and there was a mirror on the attic door and I would the door was like, it would jam closed, so I would shut it and I would slam it really hard, and one day I wasn't wearing shoes and slammed the fucking door, and the mirror fell off and cut three of my fucking toes off. And oh, like shit. they sewed them back on, but but I don't have feeling in like two of them, and two of them didn't grow, so they're like it just happened when I was like fifteen, maybe. So two of them are the same size as my pinky toe, so it's like I have three pinky toes on my one foot. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're still 15 years old, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. That's intense. I was going to ask you what your worst injury is, but I mean, that's probably it, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, dude, I've been in, like, I have, uh, in my mohawk, dude, I have a scar that runs from, it's like four inches wide, five inches, well, four inches, but the whole width of my mohawk, dude, and it's like a lip. I, well, I got in a car wreck, dude, and I put my head through the fucking windshield, and as I was pulling back, it tore my fucking scalp back, and it, like, basically scalped wow. me. And they, that, so that was pretty brutal. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd say, I, I guess the toes are probably the worst fucking thing you get. A, but, dude, I don't know. It all depends on what you consider bad, man. I had my fucking teeth knocked out when I was, like, I don't know, 17 years old. I got in a fucking fight with some dude. And uh, he threw a baseball at me, and he just happened to throw that motherfucker perfect, and it smacked me right in the fucking mouth, dude, and knocked my teeth out. I had to get a surgery. It was called an apigoectomy because the teeth broke in half, and the roots were still inside my gums. So they go inside yeah. your mouth, and they put an incision on your gums from, like, the one side all the way to the other so they could pull the roots out through that way. And it was, like, 50 stitches yeah. in my mouth, dude. I was That was unbelievable, that fucking pain. I was screaming and the fucking pillow for ages, dude, oh, for sure. hours, dude. That 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 sucked. To this day, when I close my fucking eyes, I face. 
Yeah, that's, that's intense, man. Um, so one tournament we're, we're getting off I the topic you, of wrestling here, Jay. <laughs> it's all good, man. Um, <laughs> so uh, I ask injuries. You go into you know, who knew yet? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to make a good interview, brother. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> um, one tournament I saw you you are listed on is the IWA Deep South Carnage Cup. Um, yes. What's what's your thoughts on Carnage Cup? It's it's got a lot of negative press. Um, they've done a lot of yeah. pretty crazy stuff. Oh, a, a um, lot is not the word, is it? <laughs> no, I, probably I mean, more than a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we won't talk about that now, will we? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I on Carnage Cup, I figure you know I I look at the list of fucking all the loonies that've been on Carnage Cup, dude, and I'm like, man, if Slack is supposed to be in anything it's in the carnage cup at least one time <laughs> so that's why i right. took that you know and uh i'm gonna go down and you know beat the shit out of the fucking guy they got me going against <laughs> yeah I'll is, is that one carnage carnage cup. after tod no it's actually before but the only reason i did that is uh because it's not direct competition with ccw you know what i mean understandable yeah mm-hmm Plus, I plus I actually took that match before I was in TOD. TOD. Yes, correct. Gotcha. Yeah, so um, you know, TOD, um, you're going into that. Um, you know, what's your expectations? Obviously, you know, they're going up against as you talk direct competition. Tournament of Survival's got an enormously huge stack deck. I've heard a lot of people saying that they're just going to that one and not TOD this year, and and all of those different things. You're one of the one of the um, exclusives to CZW's tournament. Um, what are you looking to do, you know, going into that? Well, I mean, you know, I'm going to try and win the whole fucking thing, obviously. I just, I hope yeah. whoever they put in the ring against me can breathe through plastic bags because someone's going to be unconscious. <laughs> uh, I mean, last year, uh, Ethan Turnbuckle played tournament of death, and mm-hmm. I lit myself on fire jumping off of the fucking van. So just imagine what I'm going to do this year. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, going back as, as a fan of deathmatch wrestling and, and the stuff you've watched, what were some of the favorite matches you had that stood out? Favorite matches that stood out? Man, I mean, I'm gonna, if I say anything, it's the Kasai Masada fucking trilogy, or how many of that's four of them? I don't know. Those are probably my favorite series of death matches. That's why I want to work fucking Masada because mm-hmm. he seems like a hard nosed motherfucker, and that's exactly who I want to wrestle. Them type of people. I don't want to wrestle someone I could just piss my way fucking through. I want someone in there mm-hmm. that's going to go as hard or harder than I'm going to go. But I would right. say those matches are. My favorite. Yeah. Besides the Masada ones. Yeah, besides, you know, uh, Masada, as you mentioned, I'd imagine Kasai's on the list. But who are some other dream matches you got? Who other guys that would like to fucking work? Uh, I like Minoru or Minoru Suzuki, you know, that dude from fucking Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I mean, he's not a deathmatch guy, but that dude seems like he does not like Americans and he fucking is stiff as fuck when he's working people. So I would yeah. love to fucking work that fucking dude. I mean, obviously New Jack, I've heard so many fucking people already say like, when's Slack working New Jack? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sure eventually some, you know, unfortunate booker is going to book that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You actually want to work fucking Dickinson, Chris Dickinson. Yeah. He seems like a a tough motherfucker. uh, Yeah. That's a great match. Thoroughly. Well, hopefully. No, I mean, obviously there's a fucking huge list, but that's some of the current people that I think are working at the moment that I would like to do you sure. know, get in the ring with. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as death matches go, obviously, you know, there's been some, you know, different things that have happened over the years, Abby and all of those different things. And um, what's your thoughts on like the blood testing? And Do you have any worries about that type of thing? Well, I mean, I hope everyone fucking keeps it 100, man, and keeps it fucking honest. I mean, I'm, I'm, my job, my fucking shoot job is in the, you know, it's not the medical field, but I have to get blood tested to be a fucking tattooer every couple months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Every like six months I get a blood test. So I know I'm good, whether they're doing right. it in other fucking promotions or not. You know, I, I would hope, uh, you know, you punish yourself like that. That's a fucking retarded way to fucking take a shit in life by, you know, doing that to other people. But, uh, I mean... That's just one of the things you got to fucking, you know, not give a fuck about. Just and and hopefully everyone uh, is level-headed enough to get tested and and not be a real cocksucker about stuff like that. You know, if you if I found out I wrestled you and you knew you had fucking hepatitis C or something like that, man, I will fuck you right. up majorly. Right. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's not something. That's to be dangerous. Yeah, that's... No, not at all. Um, what, what kind of goals do you have? Obviously, you know, you said you have a short window. I mean, you're going all out, you know, right off the bat. Um, you know, what kind of goals? What are you trying to accomplish before you're before you're done? Well, I mean, you know, obviously I don't want to get to WWE. I really honestly don't even like the WWE product. I don't even really watch it. Every once in a while, mm-hmm. I'll see some hoopla online about it maybe, you know, and I'll, maybe I'll check out a match or something, but and and maybe the pay-per-views I'll check out, but next would be cool, but I don't really, you know, because it's got an indie feel, I really don't desire that, but I, I would like to, you know, Japan, obviously. Uh, I would, I think the Japanese people would love me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know, you know, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I, I, it's in my fucking grasp if I work hard enough, I think. Wrestle with freedoms. Uh, go to Mexico, dude, you know, that's, wrestling's like a fucking religion down there. I'd love to go down there and mm-hmm. work with people down there. You know, uh, Cage of Death, obviously. Every fucking major tournament, man. I'm coming for Tremont's fucking record. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I really think, uh, you know, it's all within your grasp. I mean, if you look around, not just saying this to you either. I mean, it's there's not a lot of monsters out there. You know, it, it's it's a small amount. You know that you can say that you know monster type characters that that are believable on the indies, and and you definitely immediately stand out as one of those guys. So, uh, you know, um, there's always going to be. Much appreciated. I like to think uh, you know your shit, Mr. Morris. So that is a compliment <laughs> in the utmost highest. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so yeah. Um, I think that's a battle I got, man. Um, before I let you go, can I get a, a Schlack promo for Yakuza Kick Radio? Yeah, man. Uh, 
Let's see. Oh, let me give it. Hello? Yeah, man. Hello? Oh, okay. Yeah, man. Fucking the phone cut off. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no. Uh, J-Cat Morris, J-Slack, Yakuza Kick Radio, No God, Only Slack. Awesome, man. Yeah, good shit, man. Um, so yeah, man, I, I'd love to have you back on in the future. Like I said, I, I really expect big, big things out of you. So it's a pleasure to have you on. And I appreciate it, man. Much appreciated, sir. Uh, I will uh, do my best to uh, please the blood gods. Guns don't kill people. <laughs> Schlack kills people. Absolutely, man. Have a good night. Cheers, brother. So there you go. There was Schlack, man. That's a guy to watch out for. Um, for real. I mean, that, that dude, you, you watched the match against Marcus Crane. You watch the match against Michael Kruger, and and you get back to me and tell me if I'm you know blowing smoke up anybody's ass or telling any kind of you know uh, using any kind of hyperbole or anything. This, this guy is the fucking truth. There's not you know everybody who who knows me knows you know I I talk a lot about wrestling and I talk a lot of bitterness and you know I'm kind of I've kind of outgrown a lot of this stuff and I'm I'm hard to please. When it comes down to, you know, things that actually get me amped up and get me excited, there's a few of those guys around. And Schlack is, is the newest of the guys that I, I – my eyes are wide the fuck open for what this guy's going to do next. Um, stay tuned. I mean, that that's all I could say. Um, I'm going to take a break, come back, and um, I'm going to review the GCW show. The um, GCW uh, New Face of War show. That's, that's all I'm going to do. All right. Still haven't watched CZW. I've I've actually decided what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna, cause now I mean Saturday is a fucking CZW show again. So now we've gone through January, February, and um, March is fucking Saturday is their March show. So what I'm gonna do is after I watch the March show, I still have to watch fucking February too. So I'm gonna make it a plan to watch all three, which. It's got to happen. I've watched at least half of January, at least probably more than half. Um, And then I'm going to do one show where it'll be like my first ever CZW quarter year review, where I review all three shows in one show back to back and give you my, you know, rundown on what I think they're doing up until this point, because it's an actual quarter year. I don't know if I'm going to keep that trend going you know, and, and only review CZW shows every three months, but I've been really fucking lazy on watching wrestling. Um, I happen to be, you know, really intrigued by this GCW thing. And, um, you know, someone was nice enough to, uh, share it with me. So I, I, you know, I watched their, uh, you know, what they showed me and, um, so I'll review that show next. All right. So let me take a break, come back and, uh, I really pissed. I really pissed. Uh huh. Uh huh. Respect this here. Check. I'm from where the hammers rung. News cameras never come. You with your man's hung in every verse in your rhyme. Where the grams were slung. Niggas vanish every summer. Where the blue vans would come. We throw the work in the can and run. Where the plans was to get funded. Skate up the set to achieve. 
just go quicker So all my weight wet Face with immeasurable odds Still I gave straight bets so I felt the most something and you nothing check I'm from the other side where other guys don't walk too much And girls from the projects weren't fuckers that we talk too much So they ran up the tonkers and sought them dudes to trust I don't know what the fuck they thought, them niggas are foul just like us I'm from where the beef is inevitable, summertime's unforgettable Boosters in abundance, by half price sweater new Your word was everything, so everything you said you do did it. Couldn't talk about it if you ain't living. I'm from with niggas. Pull your card and argue all day about who's the best MCs. Biggie, Jay-Z, and Oz. Where the drug stars evolve and thugs are bit on. At each other's throats for the love of foreign cars. To catch, catch cases, hoping to judge R and R's. But most times find themselves locked up behind bars. That all. I'm from where they ball and breathe rhyme stars. I'm from Marcy, son. Just thought I'd remind y'all. Cook up a lung where I'm from, Marcy. Touch on this motherfucking uh, free agency shit going on, man. 
Brandon Marshall over there with the Giants on the other side of fucking uh oh fucking Beckham. He's gonna love that dude. Uh, <laughs> um but uh man, my Niners are, are getting me fucking amped. Um most likely gonna sign uh Pierre Garcon tomorrow. All signs are pointing towards that, which is a blockbuster fucking pickup, man. That's one of the best receivers around. Um, you know, uh, they, there's a lot of talks that we're going to make a big trade and get uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, which would be dynamite. I mean, he's got his number one wide receiver sitting on our team already. And then, uh, you know, we, we signed another speedy guy from fucking Buffalo. Uh, we, uh, you know, um, Jeremy Curley, uh, he fucking, um, he, he led our team in, in receptions. He, you know, he, he was the only one running around there making fucking catches, and um, we re-signed him. So now he doesn't have the pressure to be a number one wide receiver. We cut Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith never really panned out as being, you know, what he was supposed to be. He was really initially signed as a good one-two punch with uh, Anquan Bolden because they used to play together. But when Anquan was still the guy, and um, Torrey Smith never panned out. I think when they got rid of Anquan, I think they kind of thought that. Corey was going to take over as number one receiver or something, but that was never his role. So um didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but uh, Curly, you know, he was running around there making fucking catches with a stripped down offense, barely anything to work with. Now the pressure is going to be off of him. He's going to have Pierre Garcon on there. He's going to have another fucking stir on the other side, and he's going to have a lot of opportunities to make fucking catches. We signed the fucking Pro Bowl fullback from fucking the, the Ravens. This guy fucking led the league in, in um, a bunch of different fullback stats, receiving receiving yards from a fullback two years in a row. He was a pro bowler last fucking year. Yeah, I mean, so that immediately helps our run game a million percent over. I mean, fucking um, Carlos Hyde is going to have a million times better year with a fucking beast like that back there. Well, we, he, he was actually a better running back when he had Bruce Miller, and Bruce Miller, like, punched his wife in the face or some dumb shit. So we pretty much had no fullback last year. On top of every other problem we had, we had no fullback. So we were trying to use, like, tight ends as, as like, playing the fullback position, like, second backs and, like, all sorts of bullshit. Now we have, like, the fucking fullback. So that's that's going to be huge on, on so many fucking levels, blocking, you know, all sorts of other, you know, fullback plays. Um, so, and, and, I mean, if we – we also signed uh, – Brian Hoyer today. Now, look, I, I was saying this probably a year, two years ago, I guess it was. Um, when he first started for the Browns, um, they were they were on fire, man. They were playing great fucking ball. He got hurt, and when he got hurt, that he came back not not right. I think he was like six and one or something previous to his injury. So, some crazy shit. I, I don't remember the exact stat or um, record. But he was he was up there, man. He was doing his thing, man. He was making some real good passes and everything else. I would expect them to have signed this guy as a backup. I don't think this is going to be like our number one option, a quarterback. But if the Cousins thing doesn't go through, we still sit there with a number two pick. We could pick a young guy. We could pick a rookie quarterback and, you know, groom him through having Hoyer, who at least knows what he's doing, while we, we you know, of course – as a Niner fan, I want to see that fucking boom. I mean, we get Cousins, we're immediately a contender. I mean, you got to look at the Arizona Cardinals. The bottom fell out of them. The fucking uh, the the St. Louis Rams were the only team we fucking beat. Or the LA Rams. 
were the only team we beat last year. We had two fucking wins, and they were both the Rams. So you know goddamn well we can outdo them. And then the Seahawks are honestly not the Seahawks as they were in the past. I don't know if anybody saw the picture of Russell Wilson eating his wife's ass on the picture with the baby, but uh, they're on some weird shit over there. And, um, you know, I mean, if we have more or less one team to contend with for fucking first place, that shit's not out of reach, man. I'm not saying we're going to go win the Super Bowl next year, but we're going to be in contention for the top of the West, like, if we get Cousins. Because that immediately, yeah, we got a million holes on defense. Believe me, I don't, I don't think we're just like, okay, we're fixed. Let's let's fucking go get it. But, I mean, uh, the receiving core is getting fucking solidified. If we have even those three guys, you got a speedster, you got a fucking uh, go-to fucking number one guy in Pierre Garçon, and you got Curly, who's just been a workhorse for us. You got that guy. Yeah, our receiving core is solid. You got fucking um, – and McDonald's been playing really good fucking tight end, too. So you got all that going on. He doesn't have to, you know, try to pick up all the ground that others are slacking on. Um, you got our run game is going to be a million times better, you know, with what we got going on back there with a fullback. And if our quarterback snaps into play, we got fucking cousins. I mean, our offense is just about fucking competitive, like right off the bat. And, and an offensive-minded coach in Shanahan, man, we are – not going to be a fucking game next year. I mean, we're, it's definitely, we won two games last year against one fucking team. Believe me, win, lose, or draw in this off season, which we're already winning, we are going to be a new look Niners next year. You know, we, we cut Antoine Bethea, which bothers me because I really like that dude. I, I got his jersey and everything. He led our He led our team in tackles last year. You know, he, he's been a fucking beast for us at safety. Um, he's getting a little up there in years, and I think they just wanted to part ways. And he, he decided he wanted to part ways. I think he's trying to, you know, pack in a ring or something, which I understand, man. He, you know, he, he's a workhorse, and, uh, you know, he deserves to go win something somewhere if he can. If we're a rebuilding team, maybe he doesn't have all that time left. I don't know. I, I'm i upset to see him go because, again, another retired jersey in the closet. But, um, you know. What can you do? Eric Reed, you know, could have a fantastic year. He's been fucking hyped up since we signed a new coach. Uh, I hope uh, Bowman will come back healthy. And uh, obviously Armstead and Buckner, those two motherfuckers are going to be unleashed. So we got some real positive shit going on, and I'm excited, man. This offseason has got me hyped because uh, uh, Lynch is a better GM than fucking Dalkey has ever been within, like, a short, short amount of time, so. Enough football talk. Let's get back to shit. Uh, actually, Tony Romo is going to be released tomorrow. That's the last thing I'm going to say. Um, all-time fucking leader in, in uh, you know, yardage and touchdowns and all that shit for the Cowboys, and he's going to be released tomorrow. So, um, I don't want him. Uh, GCW, let's let's get into this. Um, uh, new Face of War, it's called. Uh, the show starts out. Now, let's let's just real fucking quick go into the, the commentary before we even go into the matches. Um, ML Jergoff and uh, Colin West are your announcers. Now, having learned nothing from Tournament of Death, where he was shit-faced and, um, you know, doing his fucking, you know, best waste of life impression – at uh at tournament of death and asking me stupid questions almost getting his fucking head knocked off while i was bleeding um this fucking guy is hammered on the fucking commentary 
hammered. You listen to the fucking commentary from beginning to fucking main event, and you can tell the fucking guy change as the night goes. And he didn't even start out sounding fucking normal. He started out sounding pretty, pretty tolerable, pretty, uh, pretty professional, somewhat, you know, as, as professional as a you know, commentator gets on a deathmatch show, but didn't sound crazy. By the main event, he wasn't even making sense. He was barely even talking. Colin West had to fucking pretty much carry the, the load because, uh, you know, uh, no Beckham. But um, because uh, he was just fucking phoning it in. He was fucking wasted. Everything's fun and games to this fucking guy. That's why I said, you know, when he told me, he was, oh, I'm sorry, you know, that's not me and this and that. And I said, dude, I don't accept your apology. I don't fucking respect you. That's exactly who you are. You acted exactly like who you are. Because I know I'm not a sympathetic dude like you know, I used to live that fucking life. I used to fucking, uh, I used to make a fucking asshole out of myself and drink myself into oblivion and then, and, you know, and act obnoxious and, and you know, and, and put out a really bad image of myself. And when I was doing that, that's exactly who the fuck I was. I knew deep down that wasn't me, so I stopped it. And it's been almost four years that I've been sober. And I'm proud of who I am now. But you don't get to walk around while being an alcoholic while being a drunk while being a mess and just continue to explain to people no no no, that's not me no i'm sorry that's not me and then just just head right back to what you're doing yeah i mean if you don't if you don't change your actions you can't decide how people are going to judge you for it you should be judged by your actions yeah i mean so some people are sympathetic to that because they've been through it i'm not because i didn't expect i understood 100 percent in retrospect Anyone who didn't like me or thought I was a piece of shit for the way that I acted and didn't want to deal with me, I understood it. That's why I changed it because I didn't want to deal with it. So I, I don't have that sympathy like, oh, I've been through it. I feel you. No, no, no. I've been through it and I got out of it. So now I don't respect people who are still in it because you either get out of it and, and earn that respect or, or you just stay in it. You stay being what the fuck you're going to be. If you can't maintain, you can't handle your shit, fucking figure it out, man. Otherwise – the mess you put out there fucking publicly, especially in the entertainment field, you're presenting a product to somebody. That's what I've said about, you know, motherfuckers that come out of there looking completely out of shape and like shit, or people that come out there and can't wrestle, and people start with, well, give them a break, give them a break, they're new. Nah, dude, you don't have to present this shit if this isn't what you want to put out there. Once you put it out there, you know, in an entertainment field, then what the fuck, man? That's my fault? I, I should fucking, I should be easy on you? Nah, man. Yeah, I mean, maintain. So that's a fucking mess. And then Colin West, he's a gay dude, which whatever, man, that's fine. You know, do what you want to do. But it it becomes like my issue when you have a dude that's a commentator that's throughout a deathmatch show making random comments about wanting to blow a guy or wanting to do this or, oh, let me get my hands on it. I don't need that shit neither. It's horrible commentary from front to back. It's like they weren't even watching the show for the most part. You got one guy who's fucking wasted. The other guy wants to fuck half the wrestlers. What the fuck is going on, man? It's absolute garbage. Absolute waste of fucking time. Whatever you paid those fucking guys, you should have just fucking paid the fucking wrestlers extra. Let the fucking crowd noise be the fucking commentary. Fuck it. It doesn't make any sense. So anyway, you know what? Grab wrestlers from other parts of the fucking card. I want to hear Schlack on fucking commentary. That's what I want to fucking hear. You know what I mean? 
to just find somebody else, a fucking wrestler or something. I've always been entertained if they, you know, stick a wrestler on commentary. You know, I've heard, you know, Eddie Kingston. I've heard Gage. I've heard <laughs> Gage was wild. But, um, you know, I've heard all sorts of different people that did a pretty good fucking job. Um, anyway, uh, show starts out. Sage Sin beating Sexy Eddie. This was, you know, this was pretty good. Um, you know, as up against a lot of the rest of the match matches on the card, um, it was pretty tame. Um, you know, pretty good shit. Uh, except for, you know, it did finish with um, probably the worst fucking uh, Yoshi tonic I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, I would like to think that Sage is better than that, and it was just botched, but. Man, I hate to see the fucking finish just botched it. I mean, like, she took a bump on the fucking Yoshi Tonic. It was bad. Or Code Red or whatever you want to call it. It, it was bad. Like, it just looked like absolute garbage. Like, her, her back hit before it. It's like, it shit looked like, fuck, man. Um, but, I mean, Sage plays a great gimmick. You know, she's crazy. She does all that stuff. I, I think she's very valuable to, um, you know, a company to bring in and use her, you know, correctly and, um, again, I haven't seen a ton of her stuff. I liked what she did at the Queen of the Death match, um, and I haven't seen a ton otherwise. I would like to think she's better than that Yoshi Tonic, but um, who, who knows? I, I, um, but it was entertaining enough, you know. Not not a ton wrong with the match. It was all right. Um, next up was Joey Janela beating. Travis Gordon, Travis Flip Gordon in a doors, ladders, and chairs. I hate the fucking doors, ladders, and chairs. I understand doors are a million times cheaper than fucking tables, but it looks like shit. I mean, it, it's just not a good fucking trade out, especially when like you go that even that extra mile and like it's not a TLC, it's a DLC like that. And of course, cue the gay guy going, "I know something about the D for half the fucking match." Like, come on, man, with this bullshit. All that nonsense aside, this was fucking fantastic. Uh, this Travis Gordon dude, I haven't seen any any of his uh, matches before. This guy is fucking fantastic. CZW needs to bring in a guy like that and use him on a regular fucking basis. Um, you know, he's doing crazy, crazy fucking innovative spots with the ladder. And they did like a, a sunset flip while the dude was in the fucking chair. And he stayed, Joey stayed in the fucking chair and took like the fucking sunset flip in the fucking chair, shit was fucking bananas, um, this dude was doing all sorts of headstands, and fuck handstands, and all sorts of crazy, crazy spots, um, they had a gimmick with Scott Hall out there, and, uh, you know, Scott Hall turned on the kid, and fucking smacked him with the light tube, and allowed Joey to get the win, but, I mean, go out of your way to see this fucking, uh, honestly, go out of your way to see the show, um, because, Matches like the Joey Janela, Travis Gordon match, in the DLC match, fucking insane, insane match. Um, so that that was really good. Um, I will say that the light tubes that um, Scott Hall swung at that that dude, maybe it's because the dude isn't a deathmatch wrestler, but seemingly were more powerful than the other three thousand light tubes they used during the night, because nobody else seemed to. Um, you know, sell that, especially like the, the, um, uh, not to skip ahead, but the Jimmy Lloyd, Connor Claxton match, they broke like 8,000 light tubes and none of them were sold quite like that. Uh, Scott Hall, uh, Travis Gordon light tubes. Those were atomic light tubes. Um, so anyway, 
the next match, Marcus Crane beating Slack in fucking whatever they called this thing, fuckery boards, or I don't know what the fuck they called it. But, man, they had boards with sawed-off cans, like soda cans. Um, they had razor boards, which are obviously the most dangerous fucking thing in wrestling, no matter what looks crazy and whatever the fuck. I mean, it's straight-up razor blades on the board. And um, he took some shit, like a fucking Alabama slam or something like that, on the fucking razors, and you could just see, there's pictures out there, you could just see, like, a fucking razor slice every, like, inch on his back, a big, deep, long razor slice, the length of the razor, deep as fuck, all the way down his back, just, like, fucking lines, Marcus Crane's a psycho, um, but the thing, like, I was saying about Schlack, Schlack, to me, is something special, his intensity his believability is a monster. Uh, his strength, he actually looks like a wrestler. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's a that's something that seems seemingly is very rare. Not only are monsters rare, wrestlers looking like wrestlers seems to be more and more of a rarity these days. And his dude, you know, he's legit. Marcus Crane, he's the type of guy, he's another like a Danny Havoc, which is high fucking praise for a deathmatch worker. He's another guy that'll do anything under the fucking sun um, and fucking own it, man. He is hes a bad motherfucker. Um, he's another guy. CCW missing the boat on bringing Marcus Crane in because he is, he is one of the futures of deathmatch wrestling. Um, but this match... It was so fucking good and so fucking crazy. It was impossible to follow, in my opinion. The next matchup was Viking beating G. Raver in a tattoo nightmare match. And I honestly, despite the fact that I like Viking and G. Raver being a new guy that I that I like a lot too, um, he's fucking crazy. He's got a good fucking nutty gimmick that he plays well. He takes insane fucking bumps. This is another one of those guys that you just got to fucking book. If you're booking death matches, you got to book G Raver. Vikings made such an awesome resurgence in wrestling. I mean, I, I saw this guy for, I should say, in United States, East Coast wrestling. Um, I, you know, I saw this guy all those fucking years ago. It was like 2003, 2002, whatever the fuck age it was. You know, I have all the old IWS stuff when he was doing the um, – you know, like the Nazi gimmick with Viking, and they were doing all of that shit, and he was a fat dude, and then, you know, as he came on the show, he said he broke his jaw, and, you know, he, he, that made him lose weight, but he has exploded on the fucking deathmatch scene over here, and is just doing great shit. Another guy, CZW, missing the boat. You gotta bring this guy in. Now, despite everything great that I just said about those two guys, the previous match was so fucking good and so crazy, I didn't give a fuck about the Viking G Raver match, despite the fact that I wanted to, I wanted to see this match. I wanted to fucking get into this match. And after watching that, there was no down point. You know, it was a badly booked show as far as the, um, the structure went, you know, that Sage sin sexy Eddie match should not have been an opener. It should have been stuck in between two of these crazy matches because it would have, you know, gave you a little bit of a downtime, nothing like, two down you know you still had craziness in there but it gave you a little bit of a buffer in between a fucking crane slack 
and fucking Viking G-Raver match. Not only that, I hate fucking feet. I hate foot spots. I don't give a fuck. You do it. I, I, I don't like it. I don't want to watch it. Uh, they used the tattoo needles. They were sticking them in each other's heads and all that shit. They stuck the tattoo needles in his foot. And I'm fucking, you know what I mean? Not my deal. I don't like it. Feet are fucking gross. Um, but anyway, so to me, they ruined what that match could have been by putting a goddamn main event. You tell me that Marcus Crane and Schlack couldn't have main evented any fucking CZW show, you know, circa 2002, 2003, 2004, when CZW was running fucking Viking Hall and they were doing no rope barbed wire, fucking light tube main events. That fucking exact match. Tell me one person wouldn't have left the fucking, would have left the fucking building upset. They would have left that fucking building telling every fucking buddy about it. Telling motherfuckers to buy the DVD. They would have fucking recruited people to come back the next fucking month with them because that fucking match is, is the type of shit that sells. This is the thing about GCW that they don't get. They don't get that, you know, you can you can put in all these death matches. You could fucking load it up with death matches because no one's doing it like that and this and that. But the you're not even giving them time to breathe. You're you're competing against your own fucking matches. And that's not a good thing. You know what I mean? You need to structure this shit so it has time to breathe. Allow your fucking matches to fucking shine. But, you know, the owners are fucking assholes. There's nothing more I could say. Uh, as, uh, I can't even fucking go into how much I can't stand those two. The the product that they're presenting on a lot of levels is fucking tremendous. But they're such colossal dickheads that they just don't they don't have the fucking brain to put this shit in a way where they're going to fucking thrive the, the best they could do. They're never gonna fucking make their product be the best it could be. Because they'll get in their own fucking way. And that's what's happening. So now, following that fucking Viking G-Raver tattoo nightmare match, they have Jimmy Lloyd and Connor Claxon in one of the most organized, clusterfuck, let's break as many piles of fucking light tubes, and let's not sell any of that shit. Let's just fucking throw a motherfucker into this pile of light tubes, put a cylinder of light tubes around a dude, spear that fucking guy, they'll fucking pull him out of that shit, do another big-ass spot in the light tubes, do another big-ass spot in the light tubes, more light tubes, more light tubes, and it's like I said, the fucking Travis Gordon kid couldn't fucking live after he got hit with, you know, whatever, two or three light tubes from fucking Scott Hall. I know he's not a deathmatch guy, but you go from that to fucking Jimmy Lloyd who started wrestling like fucking last year or whatever, who's fucking crawling out of every pile of fucking light tubes getting up for more. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just such shit, absolute shit. Was it crazy? Of fucking course it was. They broke a million fucking light tubes for no goddamn reason. You know, it's just, it's fucking bananas. And then what's got to follow that? Danny Havoc fucking beating Homeless Jimmy. Fucking great match. This was fucking great. Um, But again, you had to, it was hard as fuck to mentally space yourself from this to that. Because it, it's just 100 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, and you're supposed to see mile markers along the way. It, it's impossible. It, it's impossible. 
and, and it, like I said, you're wasting a lot of the fucking the quality of the matches. You can't you can't just do that. I mean, another thing, you know, my criticism that I've had in the past is an occasional super show where you know you book a whole fucking load of shit that's all fucking five you know top you know um you know dream match dream match dream match dream match dream match down the road you could do that occasionally and just book like a big super show but if you're gonna run like monthly or bi-monthly or whatever the case is they seem to be picking up pace where they're booking more and more shows and there's just about zero fucking angles zero storylines zero anything these guys are going to work the craziest fucking matches that should be the blow-off to some kind of feud, but instead of it blowing off any kind of feud, it's two fucking friends that are going to go through the most light tubes you've ever seen in your life. And that's, again, it it waters down what you're trying to do. There's not a reason in the world for it. I know. The, the, The statement that has become so fucking, so accepted and so good, like it's a positive thing, violence for the sake of violence. That's not a good thing. There should be a reason for everything. That's, you know, it's crazy as fuck. You hear everybody in the world that wants to criticize the psychology of a PWG match. People hate a fucking PWG match because, God damn it, it ruins the business. Oh, my God. These guys just keep doing spots, and how dare they land on their feet off of that 450? What kind of shit is that? Another super kick. God damn it. They're shaking their fist at the fucking ring. But... God forbid anybody criticizes fucking eight light tube matches in a row. You know, the shit that CZW got criticized for, that people didn't see the old CZW, the, the old 2001, 2002 CZW, people were criticizing CZW saying there was eight light tube matches in a show. Bullshit. There actually wasn't. I was there live. I know what the fucking deal is. But that's the stigma that they like to put on CZW. Actually, what GCW is doing. Which... Look, I like violence. Violence. I like death matches. I like all that shit. But there should be a pace. There should be a fucking science to it. There shouldn't just be, you know, okay, we're going to drive this fucking flaming bus into the side of building full of wrestlers. Call that a battle royal. Following that, we're going to fucking, we got another bus. We're going to load that motherfucker up, and uh, we're going to drive that bitch into the building next to it. You know, it's just, it loses steam. And, um, you know, I, I think wrestling, uh, deathmatch tournaments, that's the exception. That's the exception where you can just, it doesn't need to make all that sense in the world where, you know, you can just put deathmatch after deathmatch after deathmatch. And, you know, you differentiate, oh, Jesus Christ, you make them different. <laughs> like a fucking stuttering problem or something. You, uh... You know, you you alter the matches in a way where the um, the stipulations separate each other. You know that makes it that much different. I, I mean, if you wrestle, a, you had a show that there's just eight no rope barbed wire matches. You're gonna run out of shit to do, and it seems like a lot of these things are way too close. Where it's just you're blurring the lines in between the matches. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Danny Havoc, homeless Jimmy, great shit. Um, Matt Tremont versus Kyle the Beast. Uh, Now, I'm a big fan of this uh, Tremont getting their world title. Uh, Of course, you know, uh, I'll get into the uh, CZW versus GCW thing. Um, That changes a little bit. Um, But 
the way that they did this, I think, was really good. Um, they did a, you know, remove the canvas, remove the boards, remove the fucking the boards, and did like a, you know, just the uh, the frame of the ring with the fucking door on it, or I think it was the door. Uh, and, you know, did a spot through that shit. Good shit, man. I, I thought this was really well done. You know, a uh, great main event. And, uh, again, I, you know, it's weird because, you know, world titles, you always want to kind of put up top and this and that. But even with the way that that was, I, man, I would have main evented this fucking show with Slack and fucking Crane. You know, it was giving somebody something different. Um, you know, dream match situation, razors and all of that shit. Fucking razors third on the card. I just, it's bananas to me. So, um, you know, Tremont won, won the title, all that stuff. Uh, you know, got his promo. He's taking over, doing the same things he did in CZW, all this. Uh, so there's that. Um, you know, if I were you, like I said, I'd go out and get this show because, um, you know, the the Janela match, the uh, Schlack-Crane match, and the Danny Havoc-Homeless Jimmy match, and even the Tremont Collar Beat. Not a lot wrong with, like, the uh, the Viking G-Raver match. I just think it really got lost. I, I think it got completely lost in the, uh, in, in the booking of this show. So now, you know, they're booking some, some really big shit, you know, uh, Pentagon coming in against Joey, and uh, I think they're bringing in Supreme. I never gave a fuck about Supreme, but he's a big deathmatch name, so as far as that goes, you know. Um, Danny Havoc, Doe Jack, and all this stuff. So, you know, like I said, I keep saying, you know, for the fans, you're going to get a lot of really, really big fucking matches out of those guys, but the owners are such jackasses, they're going to ruin it for everybody. You watch. I mean, you know, I'm not a dude that fucking tries to do anything to anybody. I don't try to fucking sabotage people or fucking um, politic motherfuckers like Danny tried to do with me with ringside shooting and it didn't fucking work with Jersey All Pro. You know, I don't I don't go online and, and say shit like Danny DeMano says, like, uh, he's going to be going away, like all that fucking homo shit that he tried with me. And uh, nobody still ain't going anywhere, Danny. And uh, looking forward to leg day next week. So, um, but, um, you know, I mean, fuck these guys. So what happens now? We go on to, they announced uh, the Ugly Ducklings versus the Private Party for their tag titles. They're, I guess, resurrecting tag titles, and this is going to be for that. Well, they announced that for their next show in April. And, um, well, <laughs> CZW this week announced breaking news, new match for fucking Saturday. Private Party versus Ugly Ducklings. <laughs> so they, they took the match or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes shit going on. There's, I've heard a lot of different things that have been said, and and, and you know, and stuff like that. And even even on the surface, you know, Zandig is is on uh, Facebook talking about uh, you know Schlack saying, "I'd love to have you in TOS if you'd stop being DJ's bitch or something like that." You know, I mean, it, there's a lot of shots being fired and shit like that, and um, so. You know, even following that, 
there's been like Brett and Danny. They're they're like fucking posting pictures and shit about DJ's wife and all sorts of personal shit. So to me, I mean, it just proves furthermore what fucking scumbags those two are. Um, I'm you know look, I I have my differences with DJ. I, uh, I I don't think he's a great booker. I think he's a terrible wrestler. But he's been a really nice guy to me over the time. You know, he paid my fucking almost $700 doctor bill when he fucking, when they fucked up. And I got cut because of it. You know what I mean? So he owned up to that. He did that. You know, I criticized the fuck out of him. I, I say some of the worst things on the fucking planet about that guy and his bookings and his matches and all of that type of shit. And this guy will fucking come on my show and talk to me for two hours about every fucking problem I have with him. You know, so so I do have a lot of respect for DJ, despite the fact that I don't like the type of shit that he does on a lot of on a lot of different topics. You know, as far as CEW goes, and you know the, the directions that he's taken and decisions he makes, and booking and wrestling promos, and you know many many things. But when it comes to this type of shit, can team DJ man. Um, they, you know, people can have their little wars and they could try to do this and this. And, you know, it's funny because just, just before this, uh, new face of war thing, Brett put out this whole fucking, uh, you know, post saying, Oh, just to clear things up. We're not warring with CZW. We're not trying to attack anybody personally. We're not doing this and we're not doing that. We're just about running our company to do, 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 do. Well, as soon as CZW books the matches they had, which, look, that shit happens all the time. That's not, you know, I mean, whether it was a shot at you guys or not, which, I, you know, I mean, I would venture to say it is because, you know, it's the same fucking match, you know. Uh, but whatever. That's not the end of the world where all of a sudden you start taking shots at motherfuckers personally and shit. Especially if you weren't. You weren't trying to go to war with anybody. You weren't trying to start anything with anybody. It's just putting out the best PC fucking bullshit lie that you can to act like you're the fucking innocent party. And then the second you don't like something, you start going at motherfuckers' wives and shit. Yeah, you know I mean? It's just dirtbag shit that's completely typical of those two. So it is what it is, man. You know what I mean? That's, that's DJ's deal to handle. You know, I can imagine... You know, when it comes to that type of shit, man, it's just going to, the products are just going to speak for themselves. Is JCW booking way, way bigger shit right now? Absolutely. You know, so I, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting from a fan's perspective, too, because a lot of times competition just breeds fucking, you know, the best out of each product. So, I mean, it might really actually turn it up for both products to really outdo the other one, and you might get a lot of really good shit. Um, I'm wondering what kind of politics are going to be played as far as talent and this and that. You know, Matt Tremont, who's such a fucking CZW guy through and through, and now he's GCW's world champion. So, I mean, you got to wonder what's going to happen with a lot of these different guys. You know, Joey Janela, although, you know, CZW guy, but he is a fucking GCW to the fucking core. So I don't really know, man. I don't know what's going to come out of all of this. I, you know, I hope it works out for the fans and, uh, even for the fucking workers that, you know, it doesn't really start fucking guys out of paydays and and this and that. But, uh, you know, a lot of just absolute shit going on between the two of them. And uh, I don't know, man. I judge the, the character, and, and it's, it's not something I'm going to put on fucking DJ. It's just not. And I mean, 
you you can fuck it. And you know, you you can hear what people write on the fucking Facebook or they don't want any problems and this and that. But man, if you keep your fucking ears open at shows, you could hear enough shit about people trying to talk about they want to bury CCW and this and that. And it's ridiculous because CCW is overall way bigger and way more established than any fucking thing GCW has ever done. You can trace it back to JCW, and, and CCW still has a more worldwide known name than, than GCW, JCW, any of that shit. So it is what it is. But um, I think that's pretty much all I got. Um, what can I tell you? Uh, yeah, Goldberg beat uh, you know, Kevin Owens and fucking – 10 seconds or whatever the case is had to happen. It was, uh, you know, Goldberg has been smashing fucking Brock Lesnar, the most dominant guy in fucking WWE. Um, so they're not going to let Kevin Owens, you know, get a win over the guy previous to the, uh, WrestleMania match. Obviously they didn't need a title. Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg didn't need a fucking title, but it is what it is. They do what they want. Um, so that's what we got. I guess, uh, you know, we'll see how everything shakes out as far as Mania. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk more about the WWE thing when we get into Mania and that whole weekend. Should be really interesting. Should be a really, really exciting uh, weekend of wrestling, as always, between uh, what NXT does and Mania does and CZW doing best of the best that weekend and uh, uh, GCW doing a show in the middle of the night for five people. And, uh, you know... Who know? I don't know. Maybe maybe they uh, maybe they get a building full of fucking super tired people. Or, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. But anyway, um, yeah, I think that's about all I got. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anything. Anyway, but ch- check out Hot Tag Podcast as I said earlier, and um, I'm not sure if they're doing a show tonight. I'd imagine. Like I said, Shaheen's under the weather, but they're they're probably going to do it anyway because they don't give a fuck. Um, I knew I had a fucking new outro in this motherfucker. Where the fuck did I put that? Um, Let me see. So, other thing, check out Sports Den. You know, they're going to be talking all sorts of shit with this, uh, you know, NFL fucking trades flying all over the place. You know, I, I mean, it's. Day to day, you just keep fucking seeing these blockbuster trades and and moves and and all that stuff. So um, yeah, it, it's a pretty exciting time to be a, a football fan. Of course, it it amps the anticipation up so much more on just wanting fucking football season yet. But we got a long ways, man. We got the whole fucking spring and summer ahead of us before we even get near football. So my favorite seasons of the year for weather and races and all of that type of stuff. But, um, as far as football goes, uh, it's just kind of, a anxious, anxious time of year. So, uh, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, I think I, you know, yeah. All right. So we'll see if I do this CZW thing next week with, uh, reviewing all of these shows. I highly doubt it because I'm going to have to watch like fucking three shows, so we'll see what I get lined up for next week. But uh hope y'all enjoyed and uh catch you motherfuckers then. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's rain again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. 
That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you... Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Jet Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.